0: Welcome to the Demand Advice Podcast, where each episode, we strive to bring business owners the strategies and advice they need to succeed and reach their goals. I'm your host, Michael Aulos, and I'm also the founder of a sales and marketing consultancy called True Demand. In this episode, we're going to talk about the four-letter word no email marketer ever wants to hear. And that four-letter word is spam. That's right, spam. No email marketer ever wants to hear the word spam, let alone have their emails flagged as spam. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the 10 reasons why your email might be getting flagged as spam. Now, the first reason your emails might be getting marked as spam is because you don't have permission to email them. We only want to send our email marketing messages to people we have expressed permission from. Now, how do we get express permission from someone um, to send them email. How we do that is usually we have a form on our website, a visitor visits our website and they want to subscribe. They want to subscribe to our list or they want to subscribe to our offering, whatever that is, but they enter in their email address they understand that they're going to be on an email list, that they're going to get emails from you, and they hit subscribe. That is how we get expressed permission to email someone, to send someone email marketing messages. What we want to avoid, and this is a very common mistake and common trap for any business owner or anyone starting email marketing, is you go through and you find any email you can, you look through Outlook, you look through Gmail, you take friends, you take families, you, you look at all your email, your LinkedIn contacts, you look at your finance system, you take spreadsheets, right? You find any email you can, you put it all together. You import it into your email service provider and you start sending emails. Now that is a sure good way to get flagged as spam and we want to avoid that. We only want to send emails to people who have given us their express permission. Now, another thing that we often trap that some email marketers fall into is they have this old list, right? So maybe they've been capturing emails on their site for for a year, for two years, but they've never emailed this individual. And so even though that person opted in and asked to be on your list, you haven't emailed them in any specific period of time, maybe months have gone by, maybe years have gone by. So instead of emailing them out of the blue. What you want to do is you want to send a reconfirmation campaign and that reconfirmation campaign says, Hey, you at some point had subscribed to be on our list. You haven't heard from us for in a while. If you still want to hear from us, click this link below to give us permission. And that is a reconfirmation campaign. So we want to make sure we always have permission to email whoever we're sending email. Too. And again, if it's an old list and, and old subscribers and someone you haven't communicated with in, in months or years, you do want to send a reconfirmation campaign and ask them, say, hey, it's been a while. Do you still want to be on our list? Now, with that said, there's a couple of ways to get permission, right? You, you can just have somebody fill out the form on your site, hit subscribe, and now they're automatically on your list, right? That's one way to do it. There's another way that some, some people recommend and some email solution, email service providers make you go this route is this double opt-in method and what a double opt-in method is, is when someone signs up for your list and clicks submit, they get an email that says, you just signed up for this list, please confirm you would like to be on this list or receive emails. And they have to click the link in the email in order to actually be added to your list to receive emails. So it's a double, what's they call double opt-in. So they opt in on your website once. And then the second, the double is when they get it via email and have to click the link and say, yes, I want to be on your list. So number one, always get permission. If it's an old list reconfirm, they want to be on it and then double opt-in. That's probably up to you if you want to do a double opt-in or not. Now, number two, the second reason why you might your emails might be getting flagged as spam is because you're not telling your subscribers what they signed up for. Now, transparency is key in email marketing. Email marketing is a relationship. Now you're communicating to your recipient and your recipients community, actually communicating back to you, but how are they doing it? They they're communicating back to you via engagement, right? Open the email, they click a link. You can see the engagement with your email. That's how you're getting their communication back. Your communication is the email and their engagement, their behavior around your email is their communication back to you. So like any relationship, email is no different. You want to have transparency and you want to tell subscribers right up front what they're signing up for, what they should expect how often are they going to get emails from you? What sort of content are you going to be sending them? Now, this is very important because look, they're giving you their email. It's not like they're allowing you into their house, right? Because you're sending email. They're going to check in on their phone. They're going to be busy. They're going to, time with family, there's a, people are busy throughout the day doing a lot of things and you sending them email, they have to take time out from whatever they're doing to look at your email and say, Hey, do I want to read this or not? So you want to make sure that front, you're transparent with what sort of content you'll be sending them, how frequent and things of that nature. Now there's a couple of ways to do this. You can, once they opt in, you can redirect the visitor, the subscriber to a thank you page. And the thank you page can talk about how often you'll send them emails, the type of content they'll be receiving and things of that nature. I prefer to send a welcome email. So as soon as somebody uh, subscribes to my list, they'll get an email that says, hey, welcome. Thanks for subscribing. Here's who I am. And here's what you can expect from me in terms of frequency and content in the emails. Now, I like to do the welcome email instead of the thank you page, or you can do both. The thank you page, people redirect, they may not read it. They may say, oh, it's a thank you page, whatever. And then X out, leave your site. However, with an email, a welcome email, I'm starting to condition them to be comfortable seeing my name and my emails in their inbox. I like to send a thank you, uh, a welcome email, but some people do the, the thank you page. And some people, well, they don't do anything at all, which I don't think is a good practice. And I don't advise my clients to do that. Either a thank you page or a welcome email. And I prefer the welcome email. Now, number three, the third reason why your emails might be getting marked as uh, spam is, is because you're making it difficult for people to unsubscribe. Now, again, e- email is a relationship. And if someone doesn't want to be in a relationship with you, we want it easy for them to get out of that relationship. And by hiding your unsubscribe link, or maybe making it in white text, or, or even sending your emails in a way that don't allow you to send an unsubscribe link, now that's just a sure, a sure bet that you're going to get marked as spam at some point. Now, a lot of people will just delete your emails, but there are actually people who do take the time and flag them as spam. Especially if you're not providing unsubscribe links. I think most people by now know there should be a way to get off someone's list if I'm being emailed to, and if I don't see an unsubscribe link, then I'm just flagging your email as spam. In fact, some, to take it a step further, some email service providers, you must include your company name, your address, a link to unsubscribe, and depending on the tool, a link to their preference center. Now, uh, I know like, for example, uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud is a, a product I work with a lot, and you have to have this information in the footer of your email, or your email will not be sent. Other email service providers, the, they actually append it to the bottom of your email message. Really, today, there, it, you, you have to really work hard not to put an unsubscribe link in your email, but it's just best practice. If somebody doesn't wanna be on your list, give them the opportunity to get off your list. If they don't want to be on your list in the first place, they're probably not going to convert into a buyer or or convert into whatever action that you're looking for them to take because they don't want to be on your list anyways. They don't want to hear from you. So just give them a way to get off. Now, number four, the fourth reason why your emails might be getting uh, flagged as spam is you didn't choose the right Email service provider. Now, an email service provider, I mentioned it a few times throughout this episode, but an email service provider is basically your email tool. MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, MailerLite, HubSpot, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, right? There's so many of them. We we can probably spend an hour just naming names, but the email service provider is your email tool, your email marketing tool, the tool you're sending emails out through. Now, why, why could your email service provider or your ESP be causing your emails to get marked as spam? Well, a lot of ESPs will do reputation management on the IP address that the, your emails are coming from, whether that's a shared IP, whether that is your own IP that, that you're using with the platform but they have tools in place to manage and watch the reputation of your IP address to make sure it's not blacklisted and that it has a good reputation. And also some ESPs have built-in spam checking functionality. So before you send an email, they'll check it and say, how likely is it for this email to end up being flagged as spam? And also other ones will, some of the more advanced ESPs, they will help you with the technical configuration of your sending domain if you are choosing to use your own domain and in, in IP. They will check for things on the back end, such as what's called DKIM, SPF, and DMARC settings. Now, those are very technical settings, which we won't cover here, but my point in this number four, choosing the right ESP is that some ESPs offer a suite of tools that will help you understand. How's the reputation of your domain and your IP address? Is, does my email flag any spam filters? Am I using texts or links or things like that may set off spam filters? So choosing the right ESP is something you need to pay attention to. Just don't go with the cheapest or freest option. You want to look for some, you want to look for a tool that has the right set of features that are going to help your emails get delivered. So number five, and it's unfortunate that we have to talk about this one, but number five is never use a free domain or a free email account. Now, when I say free, don't use a Yahoo, a Gmail, an Outlook.com. Look, sending email from a Gmail account just reeks of spam. Whether you're sending B2B or business to consumer, it, if If you're in business and you have a valid business, you should have your own domain name. If you have your own domain name, you should be able to set up your own email account that shows you have email coming from your domain name. Just using the the Gmails and things of that nature just says unprofessionalism and it also shows that this potentially could be spam. And it, what's interesting is I know just from my own looking at my own inbox, Those emails that I do get from a free email account, like a Gmail, those are people that are actually spending sending spam. They're using the free account to avoid their domain getting blacklisted and things of that nature. They're trying to trick the system a little, but really it just looks so unprofessional that as soon as they come in. I just delete them automatically. Like, I'm not even going to read it. If you, don't, if you don't have a domain that's based on your business name, if you don't have an email that's based on the domain of your business name, I, I don't even want to read your email. Number six, the sixth reason why your emails might be getting flagged as spam is email frequency. Now, when it comes to email frequency is how often you're emailing your list. Now, there's sort of two sides of the spectrum here. You can be emailing too often, or you could be emailing not often enough. And now let's talk about both of those. So emailing too often, you're sending too many emails once, twice a week, three times a week, maybe once a week, every week. And and why might that be too often? Now, if your emails aren't entertaining, engaging, then people are going to get bored over time hearing the same old boring message week after week from you. But if your emails are engaging and maybe you're telling stories, you're telling stories about your business, you're sharing industry news, you're doing employee spotlights, right? You're actually providing content that your recipients want to read and adds value to their life, then maybe you can get away with doing every week or twice a week, especially if you have a personality based business and you are the brand, then you can definitely email twice a week, three times a week. Things like that. And then on the opposite spectrum, not emailing enough. So again, like we talked about earlier in the episode, if you're not emailing enough, people might forget who you are and all of a sudden they get this email and, and they don't know who your company is. They don't know what your name is. And they're like, I never signed up for this. Like, why am I getting this email? And what do they do? They market as spam. And another thing when it comes to not sending enough, if you do have a big list, And you're not sending that often your email, uh, your ESP, they might, based on your behavior, if you have a big list, say list of 50,000, a hundred thousand or plus, and and you're only sending once a quarter and you're sending to everyone on your list, say all 20,000, all 50,000, but it's once a quarter, once every three months, that ESP may say, Hey, this person's sending bulk messages Randomly, every few months, this must be spam. Let's shut down their account until we have a chance to investigate further. And then this actually does happen. I've seen it happen uh, twice where the company just wanted to, they had a list, they did build a list through valid opt ins. However, they weren't sending emails. They would only send emails whenever they had some big press release or a product launch. And then their email service provider said, hey, we're not going to let you, you haven't sent emails in months. We're not going to let you send to these 50,000 until we make sure that you have valid permission to email these folks too often, not often enough. You want a good balance. That's right for your subscribers. Number seven, list hygiene. Now the hygiene of your subscriber list. Now, whenever we talk hygiene, we think like a human, we think hygiene, right? Are we clean? do we smell, right? That sort of hygiene. And it's the same with your list. You want to make sure that your list is clean and scrubbed. And when we say scrubbed, for example, in business to business, people change jobs frequently, depending on your market. People can change jobs often yearly, every few years. And so those emails become invalid. The email they initially signed up for And if you send an email to it, the email is going to bounce. And that bounce is eventually, if you get enough of them, impact the reputation of your sending domain. So you want to make sure that you scrub your list for fake emails and those emails of subscribers that don't engage or are unresponsive. So the fake emails, you get a lot of fake emails. If you have something of value, people don't want to be on your list. They just want the item of value. They put in a fake email. And hopes to hit click and then download it directly from your website. One way around the fake email thing, the fake email issue instead of, in addition to scrubbing your list, is also to tell people a valid email is required because we're going to send you a email with a link to download. That helps avoid getting the fake emails. And then those that are unengaged or un- unresponsive, those that never open your email. Now you maybe want to send them, put them in a segment and send them a reconfirmation email, reconfirmation campaign, but you want to make sure that your list is clean and scrubbed, that you don't have fake emails. You catch any of those job changes and those unresponsive people that you stop sending them emails. And how do we do this? There's a variety of tools that are out there that allow you to scrub and clean your lists. If you have any questions or want a specific recommendation, feel free to contact me and I'll, I'll give you a recommendation. Now, the eighth reason your email might be getting flagged as spam is your emails are just too heavy with images. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, and this is very common in retail to see this, is you're sending emails that are basically Just one big image or a couple of images in the email and the text is within the image itself. Now, a lot of, for example, myself, if you send me an email that has images, my email client has automatic downloading of images turned off. So what happens is if you send me an email and I open it and it has images in this email, all I'm going to see is the squares and rectangle those placeholders where your images would be. And if I look at the screen and I see nothing but squares and rectangles, I delete the email or flag it as spam. Now, a lot of businesses, a lot of larger corporations, they are now starting to turn off this automatic downloading of images due to malware and other malware type, ransomware type of hacks that are going on. They're turning off the automatic downloading of images. And they're letting their employees decide when they open an email. Is this an email that we want to download the images for? Is this someone I know? Is this someone I trust? And I'm going to download the images and see what's in this email. So make sure you have a good balance, like try to have some text and try to have some images, just don't have one email. That's one big image or four images or, or, or what have you, because that just And and again, it's a little more common to see this in retail, but it definitely does flag the spam filters and it does annoy people when they get it and they see nothing but these placeholders if they're not loading their images. And also if they are loading their images, your email can come through and just take a while to download those images, depending on what sort of internet connection they are on. So the ninth reason that your email might, might be getting flagged as spam is you're overdoing it with links. So in your email, try not to have call to actions and links in your email everywhere. If you're retail and you're sending an email, it's okay to have a product, right? A couple of products and links to those products right underneath the image. But if you're sending more of a text-based email, you don't want to go crazy with click here, and then have these links to go to all sorts of different places. You want to try to keep the links all pointed towards your website. If you're providing industry content, it's okay. Industry news, industry content, it's okay to link to that industry website. But if you do link to an industry website and you use a link shortener, then you want to try to limit the amount of shortened URLs and you want to use credible shorteners because a shortener does make a link look a little funny. And if you have an email all full of these, these uh, shortened links, also on the back end, people's email client, Gmail, Outlook may say, Hey, what is this person trying to hide by having all these links shortened? Are they linking to multiple redirects? Are they trying to link to all these affiliate products? Like why all these shorteners in the email? So you want to definitely don't overdo it with links for, again, because you don't want people confused as to what action to take and then mark your email as spam. And also you don't want the email clients themselves or the spam filter on the client side to say, Hey, what's up with all these links? There's too many links in here. So we're going to, we're going to say this is spam. Now 10, the 10th reason is your emails are getting marked as spam is just because you're, you're being sneaky. Like we talked about earlier emails about a relationship. It's about transparency. There's, if people want to hear your message, there's no reason to be sneaky with the subject line, with that clickbait subject line or the RE for reply or the FWD for forward. These are people who have asked to be on your email list that you should be emailing. There's no reason to be sneaky. Again, email, it's communication. It's two people communicating to each other. Obviously you're doing it more on a mass scale. Hopefully you're doing some personalization and things of that nature uh, and segmenting and and things that help keep the the communication focused. But there's no reason to be sneaky. If if people have an interest in what you have to say and an interest in your company and the products and services you provide, they're going to read your email. Don't try to trick them to click your email to get them to open it. It's just going to annoy them when it's a clickbait headline and they open it and the message is something different or not what you promised. And then they're just going to flag your email as spam. So there you have it. You just learned 10 reasons that your emails might be getting flagged as spam. That concludes this episode. I'm Michael Alos, the host of the Demand Advice Podcast and the founder of the sales and marketing consultancy called True Demand. You can find me on the web at truedemand.com. That's T R U d-e-m-a-n-d.com. If you have any questions about anything we discussed in this episode, you can send me an email at hello at com. Also, since you're a subscriber to this podcast, I'd like to offer you a free 30-minute marketing assessment. To learn more about the assessment and the sign-up, visit truedemand.com.